Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever met anybody who is very famous? If you have, it can be a very positive experience, but it can also be a negative experience. In Psalm 23, King David tells us that the Lord knows His people, is with His people, and He wants to be with them. Yet there is more. David tells us the Lord is always with His people, and this is how we get to know Him on a deeper level. In Psalm 23, King David, who had been a shepherd himself, paints a beautiful picture of the Good Shepherd's presence with his sheep. Let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, The Shepherd Who Is Always With His People. Having been an entrepreneur for many, many years, I have been particularly impressed with certain CEOs, chief executive officers of companies. Now, I've always admired, I've been one, I've always admired the small business owner because I know it's not that easy and I know the incredible amount of different hats you have to wear and all of the different details that you have to be uh, involved in. Uh, but I particularly admire, uh, and there's very few of them, I particularly admire very few uh, CEOs who have absolutely massively huge companies and they approach uh, the, the company and the job very, very differently. Uh, to be fair, so we don't compare, they have incredible staffs uh, that allow them to spend time outside uh, of the office and, and doing what they do, which is what I admire them for. Two such men, I'm just gonna only name two, I'm sure there's lots more. Uh, one is Sam, was Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, and the other was Jim Senegal, the former CEO of Costco. Now, I'll tell you this about Senegal, the guy was a beast, and you'll know what I'm talking about in a second, but if you work at a huge company or you ever worked at a huge company, it would be very, very rare that you would meet the CEO, especially if it was a national company or a worldwide company. That would be very, very rare. My father worked for the phone company for 46 years, and he actually had the occasion to meet the CEO of AT&T. The only reason was is that Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier had a fight. They actually had two in Madison Square Garden back in the 70s. And back then, they used to do everything with cable lines. And the phone company owned all of the cable lines. So he would fly in to do these press conferences. And my dad was in charge of that. So he was the technical assistant. So he happened to meet the uh, chairman of AT&T, which is now, uh, that part of it's now known as Verizon. But if you worked at Walmart in the early years or at Costco even up to 10 years ago, chances are that you met the CEO. I said earlier that Jim Senegal was a beast. That guy would be known to visit some days between 10 and 12 different Costcos meeting people. I remember years ago I was in Costco probably about 
15 years ago, and I had read an article about him, and I said to the woman at the checkout counter, I said, did you ever meet Jim Senegal? Did you ever meet the CEO? She goes, oh, many times. He comes here fairly often. And I'm like, really? She goes, oh, yeah, he just flies in, visits all the Costco's in the, in the surrounding area, and then goes home. Nice guy. Talks, talks to all of us. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Jim, what in the world does that have to do with Psalm 23? And last week, we said it was one of the most beloved of all the Psalms. It has to do with the God of the universe who is even bigger than a CEO, the God of the universe personally being with his people and that all of his people actually meet God and not only just meet him, but know him personally and there's even more. Something that no CEO could ever do and it's the title of our message tonight is the shepherd who is always with his people. Well, let's go back to the beginning, Psalm 23. We covered verses one through three last week. It says, a Psalm of David. And we saw that, we, that David began with the Lord and telling us that he was his personal protector and provider. Verse one, very famous verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then we saw uh, pictures from David of what the Lord, uh, a good shepherd, does and David, having been a shepherd, knew what a good shepherd did. Things like care and rest and guidance were important for the good of the flock. So he said in verse two and three, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Remember, we said that you'd only have to do that if you were at peace. Sheep are very, very skittish. And then those three important words, he leads me beside the still waters. Verse three, he restores my soul. Once again, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Tonight's verse goes like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of your versions say, though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. And in the Hebrew psalm, the dead center of the psalm are these words, for you are with me. So I think that's what the real point of the psalm is. That's the centerpiece, if you will. And then he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So like life, human life, David takes us on a journey. He moves us from the refreshing still waters, the, the pasture in which you're lying down and everything is nice and calm and peaceful. Some of you are like, oh, that sounds really good right about now. I guess for a lot of us, we picture ourselves on a, on a beach and not having to go back to work for a couple of weeks or something like that. But he takes us from the still waters to the dangers of life. He takes us from the still waters to a place of danger. And when you're a shepherd, you have to move the flock. You have to exercise them. If they eat the whole field up, you got to move them to another field. There may be no water there anymore. You got to move them to a place where there's more water. And when you would move the flock, you would often, in a mountainous area like they were living in, in a mountainous area, you would often have to pass through a bunch of ravines. And the ravines would lead you down into a valley, sort of like in between the rocks you'd be walking. And it was often very, very dark down there. Now, to get in and out of these ravines, you had to go on these kind of narrow paths on these narrow cliffs. 
And so you'd be, you know, you're like, you're kind of walking along the side if you're driven on a, on a road with a guardrail and you're like, oh, there's no guardrail. And, and you're like looking down, you're like, whoa, I don't really like this. That's what they would be doing. Again, it could be dark, but there would also be along the pathways and down in the ravines, there would be caves. There would be large rocks. And in those caves and behind those large rocks were often wild animals and often bandits would be lurking. Now, this type of a journey was not only scary, it was also exhausting. It was physically taxing, and it was emotionally draining. So that's why I'm just gonna call it life. It's just life. You know how sometimes you feel like, I'm just, I'm just spent, man. That, that's, that's the way it is. And there are numerous connections that, to me, stand out here. Verse one, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, he says, I shall not want. But if you combine what we learn in verse one with two and three, and now in four, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I will fear no evil. Yet, there's some actually very odd things here when you think about such stuff. One is, why does David say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Let me just ask you a question. If you were in the valley of the shadow of death, would you walk way back many years ago when I went to college? I went to college in New Jersey, and I lived in Long Island, and before New York City was... You know, it used to be really bad. I would take the train into Penn State, into uh, Times Square, and then I'd have to walk down to Penn Station. I guess it was Seventh or Eighth Avenue. I would have to walk down, and on each side, it was only about an eight-block walk. You would be accosted by drug dealers, uh, prostitutes, pimps, muggers, all kinds of stuff. And it would be funny because you could tell who all the college students were. Number one. Uh, they'd be going, they'd be have the big bag of laundry that they would have over there, over their shoulder, bringing it home to mom. But we would walk down the center of the street and the, and the cops would just wave at us like, keep going, kid, keep going, kid. I don't want to do the paperwork or something like that. Because, and we didn't walk. We were, we were moving at quite a clip. Yet he says he walks through the valley of the shadow of death. But why walk? Why not run? There seems to be a calm that he has. And what is that calm? For or because, he says to the Lord, you are with me. Now, verse four, although it might seem dark and gloomy to us, it's not as dark and gloomy as we might think. It's actually a lot more personal than verses one through three. In verses one through three, David was telling us about his God. He is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. So he's telling us about his God and what his God does for him. But when he comes uh, here to this verse, he's no longer telling us about God and their relationship. He's actually now, he turns to the shepherd and he speaks to him directly. He's no longer talking about God. He's talking to God, and he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
See, uh, believe it or not, it seems, and this might seem very strange to us, it seems strange to me, that fear and trouble and danger in the valley actually drives David closer to the Lord and actually brings him, and he's aware of it, maybe after the fact, but he's aware of the fact that it not only drives him closer, but it drives him into a more intimate and deeper and more connected relationship with God. And so the Lord is always with his people. We covered that in Matthew's gospel. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, lo, I am always with you. But when we are walking with the Lord, we really especially sense it and experience it in the valley of the shadow of death in the darkest valleys of our lives. Why? Well, one is desperation. Also, I think it goes back to uh, what's something that's easily missed, the phrase in verse two and verse three, he leads me. He leads me. Specifically, David said in verse three, He leads me in the paths, plural, of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me for his name's sake, for his glory and for his honor. Now, this is not going to explain it all to you, and it's not going to explain it all to me, but this actually, to me, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christ follower, explains to me and tells me a lot about suffering, It tells me that sometimes the path of righteousness leads me through a dark valley. You're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yes, that God could actually take his own children and lead them in the path that is a dark valley. You say, could you give me an example of that? Well, look no further than the cross. That's exactly what we see. We see God taking his own beloved son and leading him in the path of righteousness to the death, even the death on a cross. Now, this is one thing we do a lot as followers of Jesus, and I understand why. If you're not a follower of Jesus, thanks for coming. And people don't even get this. I mean, a lot of people who are followers of Jesus don't get this. And so we can't explain suffering. We try to, but we can't. Maybe we should try to explain good, and then maybe suffering will make a little bit more sense, but that's another subject for another day. And a lot of times, followers of Jesus uh, make excuses for suffering. We're like, well, you know, free will or stuff like that, and people are like, yeah, I ain't buying it. Why, why did God create us in such a world like this? Other people always try to connect suffering to sin. Oh, there must be some secret sin in your life. I'm always like, what secret sin? The whole world knows. I'm a big sinner. Everybody knows. It's not, it's not a big secret. Or other people will connect suffering to a lack of faith. None of that here. David doesn't say that here. David is very clear that for those who trust and follow the good shepherd, sometimes the Lord's righteous path is going to lead you to a place that is heartbreaking that is scary, that is sorrowful, that is very, very 
painful. That's how David can say, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he knows the Lord brought him there. The Lord led him there. Not that the Lord is trying to get him, but that was part of God's plan for his life. And not only did the Lord lead him there, it's not like he just dropped him off and that said, up, up, you're in the valley now. See you later, buddy. Didn't do that to him. He's actually still with him. He says, I know you are still with me. To you, that might seem, what I just said might seem impossible to believe. That, that the dark path that you might be on right now could actually be as much God's will for your life as the green pastures and the still waters. The reality is we love the mountaintop. We love the mountaintop experience. We love the easy life. We love the country club life where life is just simple and you know, you go everywhere you go, you come home from work, dads, and your family's like, you're home, you're home, oh, it's wonderful. That lasted till my kids were about five and they're like, oh, it's you, dad, how you doing, right? And, and you want that life and sit down, honey, and just here's everything for you. And then you wonder, where did that life go? We love the mountaintop, we love the country club life, but the valley is where character is formed. That other life, we're just kind of spoiled, but character is formed in the valley, not because we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, but once again, because the Lord's presence in our lives is more easily experienced in the valley, it's more real in the valley because of our desperation. Now, where David is, dangerous? Yes. Fearful? Yes. But not nearly as dangerous, and he knows this as one of the Lord's sheep. He's putting himself, he's not the shepherd anymore, he's putting himself in the place of the sheep here in the psalm, but it's dangerous, it's fearful, but not nearly as dangerous and fearful as leaving the shepherd. He knows that's really where you're gonna get yourself into trouble. And so here David tells us that the experience of the reality of the Lord's presence is what helped him in the midst of fear overcome his fear. Let me say that again. He's learning, he's teaching us that the experience of the reality of the Lord's presence helped him in the midst of fear overcome his fear. And he has come to the reality of the truth that all of us need to come to. Stop buying the gobbledygook preachers on TV that'll tell you if you just have enough faith, everything's gonna go fine. It's not true. It's not true in their life, and it's not gonna be true in any of our lives. The truth of the matter is this. Sometimes the Lord protects us from suffering and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he protects us from suffering and sometimes he doesn't. Yet always, whether he does or he doesn't, he's teaching us that he is with us. He is teaching us to trust him. Now listen, how many of you like to avoid suffering? <laughs> we, we all like to 
avoid suffering. But there's something else I think that we do that, that's really not so good. We, we also like to avoid thinking about suffering. We also like to avoid talking about suffering. And, and I'm not so sure that's a good thing. Why? Because it's super important for us to see, and he says it here, that followers of Jesus walk through the valley. Again, he's saying, I'm not dumping you in the valley, and there you are. No, we walk through the valley. It is a temporary place we walk through with the Lord. So where you are today, remember, this is a temporary place. If, you're, if it's good, enjoy it. It's temporary. If you're having a tough time right now, try to figure out what God is teaching you. Try to continue to renew your trust in him and understand that it is temporary. As far as death goes, a follower of Jesus walks with the Lord and it says as if he is holding the Lord's hand through the darkness, temporary, through the darkness and into the light. So what is the end of the path for a follower of Jesus when they die? We know that the end of the path is glory. Why do we know that? Oh, loved ones, never forget this. Never, ever, ever, ever forget this. That death is the way the Lord brings his children home. It might seem like the scariest thing in the world, but that's the way he brings us home. You know, as a pastor over the years, I've actually spent uh, times with really, really dedicated followers of Jesus who are dying. And I'm going to be honest with you, I am often unnerved by the level of peace so many of them seem to experience. Are they sad? Oh, yes. Did they want to have more, see, you know, see their kid get married or their, their first grandchild or a couple other grandchildren or, or other things? Oh, there's a sadness there, yes. But there's a presence that they have. You know, you, I sit there and I go, like, what am I doing here? Like, God, did you bring me here to teach me? I came here to bring them comfort, and they're just blowing me away. With, with the, your presence is so obviously seen in their lives. It says in the scriptures that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And you really get to see that actually happening when you're with someone who is dying. We speak of people being afraid of their own shadow, but it is awe-inspiring when you see someone staring down death and you see them approaching it with class and with dignity and confidence in their God. It is an incredible faith-building exercise. I get in my car when I'm doing that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And if you want to know the big thing they all say, they all say, would you please tell my children at my funeral, would you please tell my family where I am and how to get there? They almost always say that. That's what they want done at their funeral. Now, in addition to death, it seems to me this wording, when he, when he just talks about the darkness here, it seems to me that this wording can also represent the uncertainties of life. 
And, and right now, you're, if you're listening live, we're in this coronavirus pandemic. If you're listening to this recording years down the road, there's some other trouble that, that, that is upon us. And right now, this pandemic has brought us up close and personal to the valley of the shadow of death and, and a period of extreme uncertainty. And it may be different where you live than where we live, but in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area, it has been devastating. There has been such great loss experienced by most of us. The, the loss of life is real. And, and the inability for people to grieve has been so sad. You know, the stories of like, well, we got to talk to them on the phone or, you know, maybe we just saw them being wheeled into the ambulance and we were a distance away. That was the last we got. Remember I said that I was with my dad and I sang this psalm to him when he died in my arms and, and that was the, one of the greatest moments of my life. It's one of the saddest, but one of the greatest. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.